flammable cladding in South Australia. Let's have a look. Hello everyone, I'm Florian Heiser and welcome to another episode. I hope you're having a good Friday and I thought today we would have a look at this article from the ABC. Now don't worry, I've got my stein here but today it's full of water. I'm going a few days without coffee. Let me know in the comments if you notice a difference in the video quality. We'll see how long it lasts. Maybe this will be the only video. Nonetheless, there's a combustible cladding risk in South Australia. Now, before we jump through this article, let's go over to my website at says.heiser.com.au. And here I have, among other things, and apparently an advertisement for a shirt from 40 bucks. Okay, I must be the demo. I've got here the construction map. Now, on the construction map, I've admittedly been a bit lazy recently, but here we've mapped out all of the cladding fire risk assessments in Sydney. And you've got different ones where, you know, no, they haven't been assessed, where the buildings are, and this information's been leaked. It's been leaked. Some of them, it may be a minor thing. So if your building is here, it may only be, you know, maybe under an awning, there's a bit of aluminium paneling that needs to be addressed or a commercial building where it's on the outside face of a commercial building, you know, a few panels here, not really an issue. The biggest concern I have is in buildings where people are sleeping. That's where, you know, you're smoking a cigarette, you drop it on the balcony and a fire can spread. I can understand why the government doesn't want to release this information, but I mean, wouldn't they have a duty of care to get it out there? Let me know what you think about that in the comments, guys. And if you think these type of videos are important, and please share them with your friends, your family, on social media. Help get the word out, because we need to start talking about these things, and we need to put pressure, pressure on our leaders to make these things widely known. And let's uh, have a shot of my water. So here we go. An audit has revealed 30 South Australian buildings require urgent remedial work to deal with potential, to potentially flammable aluminium cladding, but the state government is refusing to identify which ones are at risk. Okay, the key points. South, Australia, uh, sorry, South Australian buildings have been under review since the 2017 Grenfell Tower fire in London. The results of an audit into combustible cladding in South Australian buildings showed 30 required urgent work. That's not too bad compared to some of the other states. One of the private buildings identified as high risk is currently under construction. So that tells you they're using a cladding that, well, isn't compliant. And how did this happen? I would like to know if this building was procured with a design and construct methodology. I really would. The buildings have been identified in a statewide review which was launched in mid-2017 in the wake of London's Grenfell Tower fire, which killed 72 people. Tenants could be forced to cover some of the costs of remediation after the state government ruled out following Victoria, which invested hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars to reduce the fire risk. The state government audit interim report has determined seven privately owned buildings are at extreme risk and require immediate action and remedial works. I wonder where the other ones are. The further 21 privately owned buildings have been assessed as high risk, meaning remedial action should be take, carried out within the next 12 months. According to state government briefing documents, the 28 privately owned buildings 
a primarily multi-story residential apartment buildings. So that's why that's why there's a greater element of risk here in these buildings, because people are occupying them while they sleep. And another thing, the whole Airbnb method of occupying these buildings, that adds an additional element of risk because you've got short-term people, people staying there for short-term accommodation like a hotel, but you don't have the safety features that you would have in a building that's designed for short-term accommodation. Two publicly owned buildings have also been identified as high risk. I mean, here we go. This is the, the Grenfell Tower disaster. Um, and it's atrocious. It really is. Infrastructure Minister Stefan Knoll said one of those buildings was under construction and not currently open to the public. He said works were underway to reduce the building's risk to an acceptable level. The other publicly owned building is a small ablution block and I'm advised that remediation works are currently uh, being carried out in coming weeks, he said. Okay, so taller block. That's not, well, you don't want people to have to sleep there, but they probably do sometimes, particularly in Adelaide. We'll quite clearly be keeping very strong oversight over those private buildings and making sure those remediation works do progress. And we'll reserve our rights on further action, future action, should that not progress in a way that we expect. I, I love it how they're, you know, they're saying the government will step in and take care of it. Sure. Okay. Yep. Who regulates the importing of these goods? and the testing methodology of these goods. Hmm? Building owners to notify occupants. So the minister declined to identify which buildings were at risk, saying that responsibility would fall to building owners. Security and safety have always been one of the primary reasons that we do not reveal the exact locations of buildings with significant cladding issues in line with other states, he said. We don't want to put a massive sign on the front of a building saying to an arson, arsonist, come here, you can wreak havoc. Okay, I know that's what you think, but they just need to look for aluminium cladding. Pretty much anyone that has it, it's going to go. It is our expectation that building owners will notify occupants of their respective buildings and keep that information throughout the remediation process as appropriate. I get the feeling it's got more to do with the potential valuation implication of these buildings. Would you want to move into a building? Would real estate agents, should they be advising people if you're looking to rent in a building that has this issue on there? Should it be made public then? How deceived would you felt if you bought into the building and they hadn't disclosed this information? We saw it happen in Darwin recently, where the government had done an investigation, found that there were serious structural issues with several buildings and hadn't informed anyone or the, the prospective buyers weren't informed. People bought a building three months later, they got a huge bill for rectification works. So none of these buildings has been assessed as needing to have the occupants evacuated. All of these buildings are buildings in the short term that are able to be occupied, which is a hopeful sign. Mr. Knoll acknowledged that owners of apartments in affected buildings could be called upon to help pay for the cost of remediation. In July, the Victorian government announced a $600 million plan, half funded by taxpayers, to rectify safety risks in about 500 buildings with aluminium composite cladding. 
why they need to why don't they go after the importers the people who are bringing it in or the builders or the people who are specifying it however however mr Knoll said sa taxpayers would not be called upon to help and said it was a matter for the private building owners as well as builders and insurers we expect those existing processes to be used to fix it he said the minister said building owners had a duty of care to notify tenants in affected buildings of the potential danger and said it would also be up to south australian councils to ensure that the owners of private buildings took necessary work to reduce the risk the department of planning transport and infrastructure will be working very closely with councils and building owners to ensure remediation works are carried out and these buildings meet the acceptable standards he said the way that we deal with defects in buildings essentially places the responsibility with councils under the development act to be able to have th that discussion with building owners we firmly expect building owners to take their duty of care seriously and have those conversations with the occupants inside those buildings targeted recladding of some high-rise areas in a number of situations will be sufficient to reduce the lion safety risk so public has a right to know the opposition insists opposition infrastructure spokesman tom canstonis slammed the state government for withholding information saying it was unacceptable that the buildings had not been publicly identified inform people let them know what the risks are let them know the building you're in the building you're working in the building you're living in the building you are sleeping in is unsafe he said people in these buildings have a right to know what do you think guys what's your take on it let me know in the comments they need to be to make their own decisions about their families they need to make financial decisions about insurance cfmu assistant national secretary secretary andrew sutherland shared those concerns saying he was appalled i can't understand how they can be putting the tenants of these buildings at risk in the same breath as saying they've got safety of all south australians at the forefront he said what were these union controlled sites it's two years since the grenfell fire and here we are one of the buildings that is publicly owned is still under construction and is containing the flammable aluminium composite panels mr null said the remedial actions would include removing aluminium composite panels from around exits firefighting equipment and balconies and in some circumstances removing the cladding from the first three meters above ground he said in some circumstances owners will be required to install automatic fire suppression systems sprinklers fire extinguishers smoke alarms automatic fire doors or fire control systems buildings identified in the order will be automatically added to the metropolitan fire services dispatch system so firefighters would be automatically alerted to the risks in the event of a fire the statewide audit began a month after london's grenfell tower fire and involved assessing 17,000 publicly owned buildings four public buildings were prioritized for investigation last year including the convention center the royal adelaide hospital women's and children's hospital and adelaide oval in august the abc revealed the state government had been considering taking legal action against the builders of the adelaide convention center the abc also revealed that the company responsible for fire engineering work on the building had discussed the possibility of recladding the building and the effect on its reputation with the government mr Knowles said while further tests were underway the four major public buildings were safe for public use 
Yes, I, I'd imagine there'd be less risk in those buildings because they'd generally be occupied by a lot of people. There'd be more risk of loss of life in apartment buildings where people are sleeping. It's that simple. There's obviously some work going on in relation to the convention center and the testing of some cladding there. And also there may be some minor work being done to Adelaide Oval, he said. Having said that, the risk assessment tools say that all of the buildings are safe to use. So here's the editor's note. The story initially stated there were more than 30 buildings. Okay, so it's just 30 buildings. So guys, what do you think? South Australia is now, well, catching up to the rest of the state or the information is being released. We'll have to see what happens in Western Australia and the Northern Territory. It looks like it's going to keep coming. Anyway, guys, thanks for joining me for this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe. If you'd like to support the channel, I have a Patreon and subscribe star. Every little bit helps. And also, thank you very much to people who gave me some very generous PayPal donations. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Guys, take care, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.